Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. And welcome once again to the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff, and I'm sitting here with Tom Dorian. Tom, how are you doing? I'm great. Tom, I ask you how you're doing every time, and you've and never I, said poorly. And I always say great, don't I? But you're extra great today. That's because I'm always sitting with you, and, that's and we always have thing. phenomenal guests. Yeah, We've got a wonderful guest again. Uh, uh, excellent. And we've got a great topic today. We're going to talk about the priesthood, and we're going to talk about vocations or a calling to the priesthood. This this guest of ours is pretty good at that, isn't he? He probably knows a thing or two about it. I think he does. And that's what we're going to find out. <laughs> yes. And we're going to put him in the hot seat. And so speaking of the hot seat, sitting here in the luxurious corner booth with us is, again, Bishop J. Terry Stein, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Bishop, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here once again. Well, you're always a welcome guest here because this cafe is actually in your diocese. So, <laughs> yeah. so you can go anytime you want. That's true. <laughs> we don't even charge you for the coffee. Well, the first cup's free. Uh, well, so, Bishop, we're going to start talking right off the bat about the priesthood and vocations to the priesthood. Now, this is a very interesting topic because so much now in the church we hear about uh, a crisis in the priesthood. You know, we hear about the fact that we don't have enough men who are feeling that call or answering that call to the priesthood. But maybe before we start talking about answering that call, let's talk about what, what is the call? What is a vocation? We hear that word vocation to the priesthood. What does vocation mean? And how does it apply to what we're talking about? Well, vocation really means a call. It comes, you know, from the Latin word vocare, which means to, uh, to call. And a vocation is a call to the priesthood to serve God um, in the, in, within the church, uh, to be able to discern what it is that the Lord is asking me to do in this particular area of the church's life. And, and, and it's, it's a call that, you know, I have to discern as a person it's also a call that the church has to help me to discern also. So it's a two-way calling that goes on. When you say a call, and that's such a great expression, it's not something that you initiate. You don't call yourself. I'm sure we have many listeners who might be thinking that God might be speaking to them in some way. So this is not something that's of yourself. That's why we call it kind of a discernment, to learn about this call uh, to see if, if God is truly calling me in this area and life. And there are all kinds of, of people, circumstances, ways of helping me to discern that call. Let's talk about this call to the priesthood. And let's talk about the priesthood in general. Just we don't, We're not doing a whole show on the priesthood, although this is the year of the priest. Let's talk a little bit about that. Why do we have priests in the Catholic faith? Well, we have priests in the Catholic faith because... We have this church that's established by Jesus Christ, and needed for this church to grow or to be is the priesthood, because it is a priest who does the primary function of this church of the Eucharist, of the sacrifice of the Mass, which is what is needed for the growth of the church. And so we see the priesthood as really necessary for that, for the sacraments, for the uh, Eucharist, for the spiritual direction of the lives of people, and a whole host of other things. You use the Latin word vocare 
earlier about the call, we have another Latin phrase we have in our Catholic Church that's called in persona Christi. And the priest is actually, he is Christ to the people. That's right. He is a representative of Christ and the shepherd, the, uh, the one who leads, the one who, who, who helps us to be able to pray to bring the Eucharist down to us so that we can go about in the marketplaces of our lives. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask a silly question. So do we need more priests? We sure do need more priests as long as the church is growing and as long as we have that mandate that says, go out and make disciples of all the nations, we need the priest. Absolutely. Because if the priesthood grows, the church grows. That's correct. If the church grows, the priesthood grows. It's a, it's a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's that's a wonderful correct. circular argument that's going to lead us to a good place. Isn't that's not? correct. Let's talk about that call now in terms of a specific person. When does a man hear that call to the priesthood? How, in what situation do we typically experience uh, that call? Where are we? What are we doing? How old are we? Yes, usually the, the call is perhaps any time in the person's life. But usually we look at the call with the younger persons at the time when they're discerning. What do they want to do? What do they want to be in their, in their, in their lives? They're asking questions like, what does Jesus want for me? How can I best serve him? What life will bring God the greatest glory? Right, right. Because uh, we, we invite a number of our young men to come to talk to other priests who can give their stories about what the priesthood is, is to them because they're at that time where they're looking and they're hearing about all other kinds of vocations and careers in their life. And we just want to insert the one about the priesthood into it too, because we believe that is a vocation and they are receiving that call too. How are they hearing it now? That's the young folks. But sometimes the call might reach a man later in his life. And he's got a little more maturity. He's had a different kind of a life, a different vocation. Uh, things change. Uh, wife passes or maybe he's not married, but something changes in his life. And suddenly he realizes that maybe God is calling him to the priesthood. Is that also a possibility? That is a true possibility. And we, in fact, we have some of those. And, uh, and you know, God is calling at all times. You know, I, God is not subject to age or or to whatever the person think they are, it's God's plan, and God is calling, and God knows what the church needs. Well, you've been saying here that God calls at all times. I think maybe the problem is, though, we live in a world that's very noisy, and so sometimes we can't hear that call. If we're going to answer that call, if we're really going to genuinely hear that call, what do we have to do? Well, first of all, I think we have to, well, pray. You know, to find out what is it that God is asking me. Is God asking me to join this vocation? Is that my my own strong desire to be able to do that, to pray about that, and then to find someone or who could help you with that? Look around. Look at other priests or, or whatever the vocation may be. Ask the questions of them. Let them help you to discern. Can, can we we can pray for ourselves, but we should also pray for each other. And and I and I'm going to guess that it's, is it okay to look out for for young men or, or for men and and maybe observe that hey this guy would be a good priest and maybe bring that up to him. Oh yes, definitely. I would always go and put the touch on someone on the shoulder and says, "Did you think about becoming a priest? Did you think about becoming a religious?" Right. So that is that is possible. Right. It's, it's for us. 
you know, to be able to help them in that discernment. Well, funny you should mention that because I do want to read a little something we got online at the National Catholic Register.com, ncregister.com, a little article that was done on the surge in vocations in many uh, dioceses. In there is quoted our own director of vocations here in the Diocese of Memphis, Father Mm -hmm. Keith Stewart, who's done such a wonderful job. And he talks a lot about how men hear that first invitation. And Father Mm -hmm. Keith says, I've really worked with our priests to get them to extend a personal invitation to men. It's been one of my biggest priorities because I've seen it borne out in experience that the personal invitation is what gets the ball rolling. He says the priests are the real recruiters. Ninety percent of them come to me as recruits, come to me only after someone else got the ball rolling from the priesthood. So our priests are really important and vital to that, to, to making that call be known to the prospective candidate. And that's true because more often than not, while the candidate is discerning, they're looking at the priest. They're, they're observing the, the, the mass. They're observing him in, in counseling and wondering, you know, can I be like that? And all too often we think, well, we, may, we should not disturb this young person. Maybe the young person wants to be disturbed, to be asked a question, to, to, to move on. So the priest, uh, for us, you know, is one of the key recruiters. Well, wonderful. Now, so let's say a person has, they've heard some kind of a call, they think. They're trying to discern that. They're trying to determine, is that really God telling me I need to do something greater with my life in this respect? They've had the invitation from a priest or maybe someone else. And so they're thinking, I want to actively look into this. How do you properly discern that? How does that work from that point forward when you kind of already know that that might be the direction I'm going in? How do you discern if that call is a valid call? Well, they can go, to first of all, to their priests, their pastors. Secondly, they can find the vocation director who is always willing, you know, to be able to help and discern in that regard, who can then give him the knowledge, the background, whatever that person may need to be able to further the discernment. They can uh, check online with various communities to see which charism they particularly like and or they they feel that they're turned towards. So but the vocation director in either case is the one they would be looking at who would be able to help them. And the key is they need to act on it. They need to they act don't want to sit and wait for the vocation director to call them because that's not necessarily going to happen. That's right. That's, that's right. right. And you'd mentioned before the importance of prayer in all of this. The prayer as part of discernment is vital because you've you've got to have that conversation with God and you've got to be open and willing to listen to God before you can actually act on that. That's right. That's right. Well, wonderful, Bishop. We have so much more to talk about in terms of vocations and discernment and the priesthood. But before we do that, we do want to take a break, and we want to talk first about our wonderful website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Tom, what will they see on thecatholiccafe.com? They're going to see all kinds of neat things. They're going to see all the shows. They're going to see some links. Uh, to some other possible websites. They're going to see what else am I missing? They're going to see out? our pictures. That'll be good. They're see our pictures. I'm not sure they're going to want to see that. <laughs> well, don't spend too much time on the pictures, but there are right. some wonderful resources there, as Tom mentioned. Uh, also, I'd love for folks to email me at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com if you have any questions about the Catholic Cafe, if you have any suggestions for show topics. Um, and so what we want to do now is we want you to discern whether you're going to come back with us <laughs> right after this. 
Bestrzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. The teaching on the role, purpose, and value of the office of priest has been constant in the church for its nearly 2,000-year existence. The priest, even more than being simply defined by his sacramental functionality, acts in the person of Christ and calls each of us to offer ourselves fully in union with the one sacrifice of Christ. While many may think that the priesthood is a modern invention of the Catholic Church, it most assuredly is not. The writings of the early church fathers, those first Christians who were instrumental in protecting, nurturing, and spreading the one true faith, bear this out. St. Ignatius of Antioch, an early bishop and martyr, wrote around 110 AD about the distinct threefold ministry of the church. He said, Let everyone respect the deacons as they would respect Jesus Christ, and just as they respect the bishop as a type of father, and the presbyters, or priest, as the council of God and college of apostles. Without these, it cannot be called a church. St. Cyprian of Carthage in 250 AD had this to say about the priesthood. For if Jesus Christ, our Lord and God, is himself the chief priest of God the Father and has first offered himself as a sacrifice to the Father and has commanded this to be done in commemoration of himself, certainly the priest truly discharges the office of Christ who imitates that which Christ did. In his great work on the priesthood, written in the 4th century, St. John Chrysostom wrote, What priests do here below, God ratifies above, and the Master confirms the sentence of his servants. Then, just a few years later, St. Ambrose, when teaching on the authority of priests to hear confessions, tells us, It seemed likewise impossible for sins to be forgiven through penance, Yet Christ granted even this to his apostles, and by his apostles it has been transmitted to the office of priests. Finally, St. Augustine, when explaining why he clung to the Catholic faith, said, The succession of priests, from the very see of the apostle Peter, to whom our Lord, after his resurrection, gave the charge of feeding his sheep, up to the present episcopate, keeps me here. These are but a few of the many, many quotes from the early fathers which reveal that the ministry of the priesthood was, is, and always will be an awesome gift of Christ to his church. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And welcome back once again to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and we're here with Bishop J. Terry Stibe. Bishop Stibe, we're uh, talking about the Diocese of Memphis now. We're going to shift gears and talk about the vocation situation in the diocese. Now, uh, you have some, you've racked up some pretty impressive numbers here. Uh, and in fact, I think one quote said that you've, uh, you've quadrupled your vocations in the last five years. And, and so there's some wonderful things happening. And so I'm sure there are many folks, uh, many a diocese right now is wondering, what is the secret? Is it, are you promising these men a car or, you know, uh, what's, what's, what's really, what's happening in the Diocese of Memphis? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, we're promising them work. <laughs> well, there's no shortage of that, is there? Well, uh, if you might recall, a few years ago, um, we had a shortage of priests. We're not ordaining anyone. And that's when we turned to prayer. 
and say, let's pray for vocations. And we did it throughout the diocese, at, uh, um, after the liturgies, we prayed for vocations. And I remember I that many years ago, there was a beautiful prayer that everybody in every parish in the Diocese of Memphis, you'd go to Mass, you went to Mass, you prayed the prayer for vocations. And little did we know that it would be so fruitful. Yes, and uh, and now we have all the all the you know the men, the priests, seminarians, and who are now becoming priests. But at the same time, we they also saw the vision that we had for the uh, for the diocese that we were not here just simply to maintain what the diocese was about to maintain the church. We were here to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim the good news, and that we were doing this educationally, we were doing this spiritually, we were doing this socially, and under those ages, we were doing evangelization. We were going out, you know, to proclaim the good news. And we allowed the seminarians, because they were uh, deeply involved with all of the parishes, to see that and to see what are the possibilities for them, where they would find themselves involved once they they became priests. Six new priests in 2009, and yet we still have how many, 20, 25 seminarians? We'll have 24 seminarians this coming year. That's such a blessing. Well, where does does that put us with the rest of the diocese? The Diocese of Memphis is in the top ten per capita. That's that's cool. That's wonderful. And so I know a lot of people are probably wondering about what the diocese is doing differently. And I know that there's some things like uh, uh, Father Keith Stewart, uh, has been very active, and he's very keen on face-to-face contact, on going and, and meeting these men and talking through their vocations with them, through their discernment with them. Uh, and I know that there's been this idea that the priesthood within the diocese is actually part of the inspiration. They're part of the recruiting process. They're part of the process, and Father Keith is at it full-time. You know, because we felt this was important. If we are serious about it, if we want vocations, then we have to be serious about getting the vocations. I actually talked to someone who was involved in vocations in another diocese, and they were shocked and surprised that we actually had a priest. Mm -hmm. If these are uh, scarce resources, why are you going to put a priest on, you know, an administrative job when you really need him to be doling out the sacraments somewhere? You need him somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And having that priest who knows the priesthood, who loves the priesthood, who loves the church, making that face-to-face contact, that's been a big plus, hasn't it? That's been a big plus. And uh, he speaks from his experience. He speaks from his, his wisdom. He speaks from his love of the priesthood. And he's engaged the other priests to be, uh, to be that way also. So the seminarians, people looking at us, see there's a love here for the work, for the ministry that I'm doing. And want to, they want to be engaged in that. Well, we don't want to take away from all the positive and wonderful blessings of having so many seminarians. But is there a flip side to that, Bishop? What do we have to look out for uh, in terms of are there maybe some, I don't say negative consequences, but some challenges that we have to deal with? Well, one of the main challenges would be the financing of the seminarians because each year they cost a lot. But we feel that it is that important you know, for us and uh, unfortunately, we have our people who are seeing that this is important for us and are helping us with that. But God, again, always provides. God is good all the time, all as you tell time. us so often. <laughs> and I think that he's going to provide as long as we have the faith. I went and had a talk with the Sarans, and, and I said, you know, don't pray for vacations. Pray for an increase in faith. If you have more people believing what the church teaches, 
That's right. By its nature, you're going you're gonna to have more vocations. That's right. So if you're catechizing, if you're teaching, if you're spreading the gospel, if you're loving like Christ would love, and you're loving everybody, and you're doing it in a way that lifts the church up and raises up all that God says is good, you're going to have vocations. You are going to have vocations because it's, it comes back to almost that people see this as a way of life. They see it's, what does this mean? I want to be part of this community. And in being this part of community, what's the challenge to me in all of this? And how do I help to make it be better? Most people understand and know that, that a bishop started off first ordained a deacon, then he was ordained a priest, then he was elevated to the office of bishop, which is a wonderful thing, and we're blessed to have you here, bishop. But you are still a priest. You still offer the sacrifice of the Mass. You still fulfill all of your priestly functions. That's correct. So let's talk about your particular call. What was, what was your situation like? How did you determine that you were called to the priesthood? Well, when I was uh, very young, uh, I began discerning. Um, I saw in this little small town of Louisiana the sisters whom I had never seen before, uh, religious sisters coming, walking along the the river road to teach catechism to us. I saw the priests, I saw the ministers, I saw the leaders of the community, the uh, the policemen, the doctors. And I was asking myself, you know, what do I want to do? What do I want to be when I grow up? Do I want to be like my dad who works in the sugarcane field? It's great work, but is that what I want to do? How do I want to contribute to, to, um, to society? And so I looked around and saw the priest, saw the doctors, saw the, the uh, policemen, I kept discerning through it all along with the sisters to move in towards the priesthood because I saw how they were helping people to make those life decisions for themselves so that they could go out and do what is good and what is right and they could be themselves and that. And I felt that's how I wanted to touch people in, in my life. Um, so then I, I called, um, it was a seminary in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, run by the Divine Word Missionaries. And I called them and I enrolled into what was called a Future Priest Club at the time. Imagine it was in the sixth, seventh grade, Future Priest, on a Future Priest Club pin, you know. <laughs> Did you have a little pin? A little <laughs> pin that was given you that I wore proudly, you know. And, uh, and so I went from that. Uh, the vocation director got in touch with me and, and through the years we, well, we discerned, and I went into seminary from there. How did your family respond to this? I mean, they allowed you to be in the Future Priest Club. Did they encourage the vocations in your family? They encouraged, although I was, I'm the oldest in the family, much needed at home. But my mom and dad said, you know, if that's what you want to do, if that's what you want to be, if that's what you think God is calling you to do, we're not going to stop that because we want you to be not just like us, but better than we are. So I had their blessing, you know, to move and to go to the seminary despite it all. Those are people of faith. Those are people of faith. Yes. Wonderful. And that was a good thing for you to encounter that and maybe not someone saying no you need, you're needed in the fields or you're needed mm-hmm. in the house. Or mm-hmm. you're- mm-hmm. No, then they said, no, we will make the sacrifice. And it was a sacrifice for them uh, because I was needed at home. But they said, no, 
and with their encouragement and with the encouragement of the of the the pastor and the sisters you know i i moved now in the process of going to seminary you're still discerning but you're feeling a stronger and stronger pull i'm sure did you doubt god's call at all or has it always been oh no there were those moments um, particularly for, for example, when I was uh, finished with high school, I had to go to Kinesis, New York for, uh, for a novitiate, it was called at the time. And you imagine, you know, a southern uh, youngster going from the hot, sunny south into the winter of, of Kinesis, New York, where you see <laughs> snow for the first time in your life, you know, and you wonder, what is this, you know? What were the sugar cane feels like up there? <laughs> uh, yeah, where were they? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And so, it was, so that was you began to oh, and I and I was away from home for a good six years in that time without seeing my brothers and sisters, watching them grow up. Um, so that was the moment I said, "Lord, is this really what you want me to do? Are you sure, Lord?" But throughout it all, with the discernment, with the the formation, I was constantly encouraged, you know, to let's keep on moving on with it. This is good. This is what God is calling you towards. So I stayed with it. God is good. All the time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Bishop, thank you so much for sharing that with us. It was a, a, a beautifully uh, inspiring story. And I know that there are listeners who might be thinking that maybe they're being called right now. Mm-hmm. That, that God, and you're hearing it from a priest. He's a bishop. And you're hearing it, maybe you need to just think about it for those those folks at home. And what I'd like to do is, uh, Tom, I know we like to rate our shows at we the do. end. Now, I guarantee, before you rate it, that it's going to be pretty high because the bishop's here. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's high. It's, uh, it's up there. All right. So, But even if it's not up there, you know it's going to be high. So. <laughs> now, on a scale of 0 to 12, i got to give it a 12. A 12. <laughs> yeah. See? Okay. Thank you, Tom. You're welcome. You're Very welcome. good, Bishop. That's good. Thank you so much for joining us again in the luxurious corner booth here at the Catholic Cafe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought maybe what we'd do is we would close in prayer, and maybe if we would pray together, we have a little prayer for vocations. And so if all of you listening could join with us in a prayerful spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Father in heaven, heaven, you sent us your only Son to redeem us and to build your kingdom on earth. Please give us the wisdom and the strength we need to follow his call. Grant to the faithful a spirit of generosity that church vocations may flourish. Bless our priests with holiness and courage, that they may lead your people to Christ. Help all sisters and brothers to fulfill their sacred promises, and so be effective signs of your kingdom. Lord, invite more men and women to your service. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Thank you, Bishop. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.